America only has three cities, said Tennessee Williams, New York, San Francisco, and New Orleans. Every place else is Cleveland. Welcome to Culinary Woman. I'm Mickey Maynard. Come on in and have a seat at the table. Join us. Hi, it's Mickey Maynard. Welcome back to the Culinary Woman podcast. I've been in New Orleans now for about six weeks, almost two months, actually. I think I date my arrival here from May 1st, which was after the movers came. And one of the things that has happened while I've been here is it has been extraordinarily hot. We have had temperatures in the 90s for a good solid week. It hit 100 degrees on Friday. It's supposed to be 100 today. This is Saturday when I'm recording this. But, you know, I was just out and it to do an errand to go actually pick up my CSA box. And I was tempted, you know, it's New Orleans. I was tempted to go get a cold drink and people watch and drive around, look at houses, that kind of thing. And it was just so hot that I decided to come home, sit under my ceiling fan, enjoy my air conditioning and kind of relax for a little bit. We're going out to dinner tonight to Mosca's, the famous restaurant on the West Bank, which is family style, cash only, and serves beautiful plates of Italian food. I'm really looking forward to that. But I was thinking about the fact that summer lasts forever in New Orleans. People date it from almost the end of Jazz Fest to October. And you have to have a strategy if you're going to visit here. Now, I live in the Garden District, and the Garden District is very historic. And a couple blocks from my house is one of those bus stops where the hop-on, hop-off bus lets people out. A lot of times, groups of people are met by a walking tour guide, and they come down and look at the houses, including mine. I didn't know until I moved in that my house is a historic house that's on a lot of the gardens, the garden district tours. I happen to live across the street from Commander's Palace and from the former home of Miss Ella Brennan, who owned Commander's Palace. Her sister, Miss Dottie, still lives there, and right now they're painting the house, um, a really cute shade of yellow. But I live in a townhouse that was built around 1865, and it's one of five historic townhouses in a row that were all built at the same time. And the story that I've heard the tour guides tell is that, you know, the Battle of New Orleans (laughs) took place very early in the Civil War. And so New Orleans was pretty much left alone as the Civil War was being fought. And as the war was ending, there was going to be a need for housing, and the Garden District was just starting to develop at that time. You've heard of the French Quarter, which is some of the oldest housing in New Orleans. Well, new settlers didn't want to live in the French Quarter because that that was the old money, those were the old settlers, and it's very, very rigid, and people who were new to New Orleans didn't fit into that society. So they started to build homes in the Garden District. 
There were five homes in a row. They're all called American townhouses. Um, I believe we have six apartments in my townhouse, and they're nice large apartments with high ceilings, and I have a beautiful view out on the street. And one of the things that I was hoping when I got here was that I'd be able to sit on my balcony and sip iced coffee and watch people go by. Well, it's just been too darn hot to do that. And I watched the tourists pour off of these buses. And, you know, they they look tired, even though they've just started their walking tour. And I kind of take note of what people are wearing. And to be honest, a lot of people are not dressed appropriately for this kind of weather. Um, and it's not, no comment on their fashion. It's just the items of clothing that they choose are not going to protect them in the weather that we have down here. So when we get back from the break, I want to give a few tips for surviving in this weather. And I also want to give a few ideas for what to eat in this kind of weather, because this is not pot roast weather. This is definitely the kind of weather when you don't want to turn on the oven, or if you turn it on, you want to get maximum use out of it for a shortest period of time. So right after this, we'll be back. When I was on my way to pick up my CSA box, and actually my CSA is Covey Rise Arms. If you go to some of the farm to table restaurants or the small restaurants around New Orleans, you'll see Covey Rise Farms on the menu or some of their produce for sale. It is top quality produce. I have been very happy with everything I've gotten. I've gotten peaches and blueberries and cucumbers and heirloom tomatoes and cherry tomatoes and today I treated myself to a piece of cheesecake. Um, so keep an eye out for that name Covey Rise Farms when you're in New Orleans. This is not an ad for them. I'm just very happy with the produce that I've gotten from them. But one of the things that I've found when I'm in New Orleans is that I really want to eat cool things. Um, you know I love gumbo, I love etouffees, I love shrimp creole i love all that food but man this is not the time to be eating it it's just too hot and in fact in new orleans they have a phrase called gumbo weather which is essentially when the temperature falls below about 60 degrees fahrenheit they'll be eating gumbo well you know people do eat it all year round and especially if air conditioning is blasting you can enjoy your gumbo but one of the things that i would suggest if you come here on a visit or you live here or you're planning to spend time here or elsewhere in the south is that you focus on dishes that can be made without much oven use and in the last week or so my friend virginia Virginia Willis. I've been a guest on her Facebook Live program. She has wonderful recipes on her Instagram, and one of the recipes that she posted was tomato peach salad. And she went to Greece. She went on a fantastic trip to Greece and came back and posted a photo of this salad on her Instagram. It's essentially cut up tomatoes, cut up peaches, good quality olive oil, torn up basil and some salt and pepper but the real secret to this dish is apparently the olive oil and of course Greek olive oil would be a good choice for it but a good quality olive oil because you need that viscosity I guess you could call it to bring out the juices and the tomatoes and the peaches I've made it 
four times, I think, in the last week. I just, I'd make it as I need it. So I cut up a couple tomatoes and a peach. I throw them together with the olive oil and the salt and the pepper and then add the basil and then let it kind of meld. So cover it up and sit it out on the counter for a while. And this is not a recipe podcast, but I thought I would share that recipe as an example of what I've been doing. The other thing that I've been doing is making multiples. So I like to make rice in the oven. And this is a trick that I was taught by a chef who basically said, your oven's running anyway. Don't have another pot on top of the stove that you might have to tend to. And you know, don't buy a rice cooker because it's just gonna take up space unless you eat a lot of rice, in which case it's fine to buy a rice cooker. But he, what he said to do was put your proportions of rice, you know, basically two to one water to rice and a knob of butter in a dish that can be covered pop it in the oven when you're roasting other things if you're roasting other things so i tend to put it at about 375 um which i think is gas mark six if you're in england listening to this and then in about 25 minutes to a half an hour i take out the dish very carefully because it's going to be very hot and then i fluff the rice and i serve it well i had been just making one one or two servings and then i took a look at a covered dish that i have that holds about I think four cups and I thought why don't I just make enough rice for the week so I did have the oven going I made some turkey cutlets and I put the container of rice in with it and so I've had rice for the last couple of days and I know this isn't that genius but it is for me um and so I didn't have to just make four different kinds of rice. I could just make one pot of rice. So that was something that I found to be a great time saver. And then to heat up the rice, you put the amount that you want with about a tablespoon of water in a dish, cover it up and put it in the microwave. And I found that it heats up in two minutes. I tried a minute, it was sort of lukewarm. So I did two minutes and that was perfect. And then you have your rice. And then another thing that I like to make is a cubed salmon recipe that I found on Epicurious, where I've had the honor of writing for a couple of times. And essentially you're cutting up a salmon filet in little squares and you toss it in a sauce or a spice or something like that. Spread it out on parchment paper. I would put it in a 400 degree oven. It's done in 10 minutes. Some people like their, their salmon kind of medium rare. I like it medium. So I cook it for about 12 minutes and you just have to stir it up, let it sit for a minute and then you can put it over the rice. You could put it in a salad. You can eat it just on its own, that sort of thing. And if you get one of those big fillets from Trader Joe's, you get, you know, about a pound or a little bit more than that that'll get you a couple of servings. And so the next time you use it, you don't have to heat it up unless you want to. You can just throw it into another dish. So that's another one of my um, my ideas for this hot weather. The other thing I wanted to say was, I make iced coffee at home. And I really like a local chain here called French Truck. Again, not an ad. I like French Truck. But I was finding that with oat milk, because there's an upcharge for oat milk, I was spending more than $5 on an iced coffee. And you know, that adds up. So if I get an iced coffee every single day, like during the week, that's $25 on iced coffee. Well, I figured out a method for making iced coffee at home. I have an espresso and I use two shots of espresso in the bottom of a cup. If I'm going to add milk to it, I add the milk right then. If I'm going to add 
soda water to it, which is what I really like to drink, or tonic water, I add the soda water or the tonic water a little bit at a time because it's going to foam up, stir it up, if you want to sweeten it, you can sweeten it. And then I add the ice on top of that. So my iced coffee is more like a fizzy coffee or a coffee tonic. You can get a really good coffee tonic at Coffee Science here in New Orleans. And Coffee Science carries Cubby Rice Farms produce. And they also have a market, like a farmer's market on Sunday. So if you're in New Orleans, and they're in the mid-city area of New Orleans. They're not in the French Quarter. They're not in the Garden District. That will get you out of the areas where tourists most usually go and you'll get to see an area of New Orleans that's more like where regular people live and also that has been developing in the last I would say five years or so you know we have the Bywater and we have um, other parts of New Orleans the uptown area but this mid-city area was really 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 for locals and now it's developing with all kinds of new restaurants and shops and places places to get gas but you know gas stations have great poor boys and that sort of thing and you get to get out of kind of the tourist areas and and go see mid-city and i would highly recommend that so a couple more ideas for hot weather eating here there's lots of really good ice cream and gelato and one of my favorite places is the piccolo gelateria which is owned by a wonderful couple um, they have been making gelato, I think, for like the last five or six years, and it's definitely recipes over from Italy. This gelato is about 20% creamier, I guess you would say, than ice cream. It isn't meant to be frozen as hard as ice cream. It's more of a, almost like a moussey type of ice cream. They're in, uh, they're off of Magazine Street. It's not really Garden District. It's sort of like where the Garden District meets uptown. And they're open until like nine in the evening. And so if you go out for dinner and you're not done yet and you want to go get some gelato, you can do that. And then there's a wonderful little pop-up called Lucy Boone, which operates inside the Port Orleans Brewery. Now, the owners of Lucy Boone are going to open a physical store sometime this fall. But in the meantime, they're scooping ice cream inside the bar from Thursday through Sunday. And we've been there several times and gotten their wonderful homemade ice cream. And so the other thing that you could get in New Orleans is a snowball, which is S-N-O-B-A-L. And it's essentially what the Hawaiians would call shave ice, or you might think of Italian ice, that sort of thing. It's kind of like a granita type consistency. But here in New Orleans, they put every flavor you can imagine on top of them. And then some of them are what are called cream snowballs, which actually have sweetened condensed milk plus the flavoring. Hansen's is one of the oldest ones. And then there's Snow Law. But there's also a number of just little snowball places tucked into neighborhoods. I keep finding them. And so what I would suggest if you want to try a snowball is that you take a look online for some addresses of snowball places that might be close to you or in a neighborhood that you might want to explore and go get a snowball. The one thing I'll tell you about a snowball is it's a great big mound of shave ice and it's going to melt. It's going to be messy. And so if you're going to have a snowball, have a snowball right where you are. I'll be back in one minute and I'll give you some tips on dealing with this hot weather.
I want to talk a little bit about the physical part of coming to New Orleans because I live in a neighborhood, as I mentioned, with um, a lot of tourists. And so I'll watch tourists get off of the hop on, hop off bus, or I'll watch people walk up from the streetcar in St. Charles. And inevitably, they're wearing shorts and T-shirts. And I'll tell you something about wearing shorts in New Orleans. It might be seem like it's going to be cool, but we have a lot of mosquitoes. And I remember sitting out on my balcony early on when I got here and coming in. And later that night, I was just scratching away. And I realized that it's important to have protection against mosquito bites. And so while you might be tempted to to put on shorts, um, men and women, I would definitely recommend that you protect yourself with some bug spray and reapply it before you go out because you're going to sweat and you get very damp here. The weather's damp and you get damp. And the other thing I was going to say was shorter shorts are not necessarily cooler shorts. And if I can see your cheeks, that's not only unattractive but it's also more territory for the mosquitoes to explore so i would recommend if you are going to do shorts do more of a knee length short with a little little flow going on but honestly i think the coolest thing for women to wear here is a sundress something that has some movement to the skirt and a little bit loose on the body i was watching a tour guide talking to some tourists and she had the most beautiful sleeveless blue sort of a Indian looking fabric um, to the knee and she looked cool and comfortable and I would definitely recommend that and if you are on Instagram or Facebook you know that they sell lots and lots of those shorts to go under dresses so that you know you won't be exposing too much of yourself and you'll also be protecting yourself against all those mosquitoes and for the guys definitely think about um, something around your neck like a kerchief or uh, one of those sports towels that you can put an insert in with a cooling cooling substance or a cooling bag you know you freeze the insert and put it around your neck because you might not know this but you know the sun even even when we're in the clouds the sun's going to beat down and it's going to get you in places that might not you might not think to cover up so that would be one of my recommendations and then for everybody I would recommend thinking about bringing a hat I didn't know that people here wore hats because on my previous visits well it was Mardi Gras and it was February and hats didn't seem to be necessary but in the summertime you see all kinds of hats from big old garden hats to straw hats to bucket hats to ball caps and it is not a bad idea to have a hat i have found out that you can burn your scalp in this kind of weather if you're outside for too long and certainly the gentlemen who have who have you know chrome domes um they might definitely want to bring a hat with them The other thing I was just going to suggest is that you keep in mind that people here move a little more slowly than they do in the efficient cities of the Northeast and the Northwest and the Midwest, that there's sort of a languidness to New Orleans that has always taken me by surprise a little bit, especially since I've been living here. And, you know, I'm a go-go girl and I like to get up and fill up my schedule and have something in the morning and something at lunch and something in the afternoon and take a break and then go out for the evening. And boy, have I had to cut back on that, especially in this 90 degree weather. Um, People who live here 
simply don't run around town the way we would up in Ann Arbor or Chicago or in New York City. They might do a lunch and then they might actually take a nap in the afternoon. It's kind of a Mediterranean thing. And then when people go out for dinner, I have noticed that they dine a little bit later than we did in Ann Arbor and other places that, you know, dinner for a lot of people is their evening's entertainment and they love to converse. The conversations that I've had here have just been very entertaining and interesting. And so if you're going to go out for dinner, I would not recommend trying to, to wedge in too much during the day because your dinner out is going to be you know, your evening, it's going to be your movie, it's going to be your theater, that kind of thing. And especially if you want to go hear some music, either before or after dinner, um, I would kind of lay up, lighten up a little bit during the day and then focus your activity in the evening. But no matter whether you're a day person or a night person, that kind of thing, I think one of the charms of New Orleans is that nobody's going to rush you. And I do have to say that some people who come from the north can't adjust to that, that they, you know, snap, snap, snap. They want to get everything accomplished and move on to the next thing. And it doesn't really work that way here. And you you want to have a little conversation with the people that are waiting on you or the person who you're sitting next to in the bar or somebody that you meet on the streetcar, just somebody that waits on you, even in the dry cleaners or wherever, and ask people's names. And, and I had the most wonderful time at the beauty parlor this last week, and the ladies that were helping me were very much into the food scene. And so we had a whole conversation about food and bounce music, and it was really a lot of fun and I can see why people like to go to the beauty parlor so those are some of my thoughts about New Orleans dining and also staying cool and I will be back with one last thought for you a lot of people are deciding whether they want to travel this summer period. Um, Inflation is an issue. COVID is still a concern for a lot of people. And then the whole hassle of air travel and crowded roads and high gas prices and things like that. And so I think New Orleans, I wouldn't call it a bargain, but if you come in the summer, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at prices here and I especially think you should aim for weeks like culinary which will happen later on in the summer I believe that happens in August and there'll be prefixed menus at a whole bunch of restaurants and their advice uh, Instagrams and other stuff like that that can give you ideas on New Orleans for $50 a day New Orleans for $100 a day Um, everybody will be real happy to see you if you want to come down in this brutal weather I I mean there's air conditioning everywhere so don't worry about you know finding a place to get cool and as I've said if you can pace yourself and just take it a little more slowly and stay hydrated and stay covered up from the sun you're going to have just as much fun here as you would have in any city with warm temperatures and you know I know a lot of people go to Florida in the the summer. A lot of people came to Arizona. It isn't like tourism stops, but there are fewer people here. We've all said that ever since Jazz Fest that New Orleans doesn't seem to be quite as busy as it has been. 
And I think that if you're looking for a place to come in the next couple of months, this would probably be a good place to come. I think they, they tell me that things liven back up around October, that once the weather cools off below about 80 degrees, that that's a really nice time to come too. So if you are put off by these hot temperatures and you want to think about planning a trip later in the year, definitely look at November, December. It's beautiful here at Christmas time. This is a city where people love to decorate. And so the Christmas decorations that go up are gorgeous and restaurants have what are called Revillon dinners. And so there are special prefix dinners with dishes that are only served during the Christmas season. So if you'd rather kind of wait until it's a little cooler and come later in the year, I would definitely recommend looking up those special dinners and making a plan to visit um, to visit later November or December. But whenever you come down, I think you're going to have a nice time. I think you're going to find extremely friendly people. You'll find no lack of good food, lots and lots of interesting things to do. And honestly, I just am charmed every time I drive down St. Charles Avenue and I look out my car window at those beautiful, beautiful houses and the oak trees and just the sort of grace of this city and uh, to me it's a feast for the eyes and the friendliness and the music and the food and all of that kind of just melts together and that's the kind of gumbo that I like. The Culinary Woman podcast comes to you from the Culinary Woman newsletter. Check us out on Substack at culinarywoman.substack.com. Think about taking out a paid subscription. You'll support our journalism, and you'll get all kinds of wonderful things. You'll get the newsletter. You'll get a heads up on the newsletter every week. You can take part in our conversations, and you'll get all sorts of tips and advice from me. Or try us out with a free subscription. Our theme music is by John Goodell. I'm Mickey Maynard, the editor of the Culinary Woman newsletter. See you next time.